fall time in Tennessee. All right, fall fans, welcome in. Episode 13, The VFL Show. At The VFL Show on Twitter slash X. And type in The VFL Show on in your search bar, wherever you get your podcasts for the most part. Um, I know that for sure you can find us on uh, iHeart, Google, Spotify, Amazon, um, and there may be and there may be a few others. But there's ways you can get us. So uh, so don't be shy and uh, take a listen and hit that subscribe button. What a victory! What what a game uh, for Tennessee. Uh, Joe Milton was fantastic. Tennessee's rushing game was fantastic. Uh, the defense uh, left a little bit to be desired. I guess it was, you know, they bent a lot but didn't break totally. But there, there's there's a lot to discuss with the defense. But, I mean, overall, a win's a win. You want to get out of uh, enemy territory with a win, and, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Tennessee just continues its dominance over Kentucky. And uh, it was it was really, really good to see uh, Joe Milton get back on track or, or stay on track, I guess, or just be more on track. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people give Joe Milton a lot of crap, but in this game against Kentucky, he was the most accurate Tennessee quarterback passing-wise since Josh Dobbs in 2016 against Vanderbilt, uh, completion percentage-wise. So, I mean, you know, really can't complain, 18-21, 228. Uh, on the yardage for Milton, and he had the TD. Uh, Jalen Wright was was a beast through three quarters. Um, 11 carries, 120 yards, and a TD. And then, of course, Dylan Sampson took over uh, there in the fourth quarter and was just, would, I mean, Dylan Sampson in the fourth quarter was just beast mode. Uh, and that was really, really cool to see. It's tough when it's tough when you got three guys that can each do something a little differently, like Tennessee has in his running back room. It's really hard for defenses to stop that, and that's exactly what happened there. Um, all the crap that we talked about, Dante Thornton, uh, some of some of us, me included, I guess, just not really, not really seeing Dante Thornton become what you know what he should be this year. He had three catches for sixty-three yards, so that's. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's good. I'm glad that's you know him. Uh, Dante Thornton was able to get on track there a little bit. Uh, Squirrel White, five receptions for 47 yards. Dylan Sampson caught four balls for 39 yards, and Chaz Nimrod with the touchdown uh, on his only reception from Joe Milton at 39 yards. Uh, Ramel Keaton did have three catches for 30 yards himself. Really pleased with the offense. Um. There's still people calling for Nico Iamaliava to come in the to come into ball games, and hopefully, we'll be able to see Nico uh, against UConn because Tennessee is open as a 35 point favorite, and we've seen this we've seen this story before. Tennessee is a big favorite against Austin P and UTSA and. Nico doesn't really get a chance to get into the game as much as, you know, Tennessee fans and, and, you know, Tennessee staff would have liked. Joe Milton had to play the entire game versus Austin P, and I think he played three-plus quarters against 
uh, UTSA. I don't know if I said UTEP or UTSA earlier. It was UTSA. Um, so it's just really good overall to see Joe um, continue to do you know, what, what Joe has done, he hasn't cost Tennessee any ball games. You could argue he hasn't won, uh, Tennessee, any ball games, maybe this game, you know, he was a, he was a big factor in Tennessee winning. He's not losing you ball games. So I don't think that you can make a switch and it's kind of ridiculous to continue to have this talk, but uh, you know, on social media, this is what I see. Um, and it's just, you know, when you build, you know, when you have a show and you have opinions and you want to build, a, you know, a, a, a podcast schedule, you're kind of just thinking about, well, what are, you know, what are some of the fans talking about? And what a lot of them are talking about still, even though you have a six and two Tennessee team who still has a chance, you know, it's, it's an outside chance, but they still have a chance to get to Atlanta. Some things have to happen, obviously. And that's going to sort itself out in the next couple of weeks. Still talking about, you know, let's let's play Nico. And you can't because there's no reason to. Now, the red shirting um, topic with Nico has come back up, of course, because if you play in four or less games, you can you can red shirt. Now, I don't really think, I think I've covered that in, 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 a, in a prior show, is that with, with the way that college football is, this staff never planned on it. Obviously, the staff and fans also thought that Nico would get into more games and it wouldn't even have been an option. But like, yeah, I guess obviously, you know, if it's, if it's an option, I guess you take it. It really doesn't change much because in two years, if Nico is good, and he stays at Tennessee, he can go into the NFL because you just have to play three years in college, you know, or be in college for three years. So it's not like the red shirt really does much. I mean, has there been opportunity wasted? I mean, I guess, you know, with Nico not being able to play, but I think Tennessee is in a spot where a lot of people thought they would be. You know, the loss to Alabama. Maybe people thought they would lose against Kentucky instead of Florida. But they're pretty much, you know, 6-2, and 7-1 and one is pretty much what, what people thought. And Tennessee can still run this table. And, you know, they can still run the show, win the rest of their games, and get to 10-2. and two. It's not, I'm not saying that that's likely. I mean, you've got some hurdles here. I mean... Don't worry about UConn, all right, even though Tennessee likes to play a little bit closer to their non-con opponents this year than they should. You know, beat UConn 7-2. and You got the game in Columbia against Missouri. Tennessee's perfectly capable of winning that game. Will they? I don't know. We got to get a little bit closer before I start throwing predictions out. Look, Missouri is really good, all right? Brady Cook can throw the ball. If you do, if Tennessee's defense does in Columbia, Missouri, what they did in Lexington, they're going to lose because you can't, you can't play the same, the same way defensively. Tennessee had been so good all year defensively. They made, 
Devin Leary look like a Heisman candidate. That's what Tennessee's defense did, partially, for three quarters at least, against Kentucky Saturday night. I mean, I, I've, I've got the stats right here. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Devin Leary. I'm going to try to say this in a calm manner. Because this really frustrated me. 28 of 39 for 372. You let that bum. I'm sorry. But he wasn't really good at NC State. He had flashes, but he wasn't really good. Kentucky had no idea what they were getting. They played, they played five cupcakes. And two games in a row before Tennessee against Georgia and Missouri, the, the man was not very good. And you let that guy throw for almost 400 yards on you? That's embarrassing. It is. I'm sorry, it is. If you allow Brady Cook to throw for almost 400 yards, Missouri will win that ball game. And Tennessee has put up 60 points two years in a row against Missouri, and I don't see that happening this year. Um, speaking of some stats for Kentucky, defensively for Tennessee, there was a bright spot in holding Ray Davis to 16 carries and 42 yards. Now, he did catch a touchdown. Um, actually, I'm sorry, he did not catch a touchdown. He caught three passes for 28 yards. Uh, Key and Brown caught the touchdowns for ten, for for Kentucky. Um, I'm sorry. Let me go back. Ray Davis was 16 of 42 yards. He did. He is credited with a rushing touchdown. But I could have sworn that probably was a pass. I don't know. Anyway. Brown and Key were the receiving uh, touchdowns for Kentucky. But they did a good job on Ray Davis. Um, Devin Leary rushed five times for 21 yards. Devin Leary had a better average rushing than Ray Davis did. Uh, I mean, Ray Davis was only at 2.6. So you could see that Tennessee's defense keyed in on Ray Davis. They They were absolutely driven to not let that man beat them and they didn't the problem was is that they were letting Devin Leary keep Kentucky in that ball game and that should have never happened that was the most frustrating part so obviously games are different each week sometimes defense picks up the offense like it has a few times already this year and sometimes the offense picks up the defense and that was just kind of you know how it worked playing complementary football to each you know to each side of the ball Joe Milton, Tennessee's running room, and a couple of receivers really helped Tennessee win this ballgame. And you cannot forget, also, big shout-out to Charles Campbell. 4 of 4 on his field goals, including one that went off the upright and in. He was named earlier today, as we come at you on a Monday afternoon, earlier today, he was named... um, SEC Special Teams Player of the Week, and John Campbell Jr., another Campbell. It's the Campbell Show. Uh, John Campbell Jr. was named Co-Offensive Lineman of the Week for his work in the game that Tennessee won against Kentucky. So, 
couple of things wanted to go over, which is really, really cool. This is credit uh, credited to Bill Martin, uh, the Tennessee Associ- Associate Athletic Director. Listen to some of these. So I talked about Joe Milton's completion percentage earlier, um, 85.7%. Um, and in 20 attempts minimum, that's the best since Josh Dobbs' school record of 912 when he was 31 of 34 at Vandy on November 26, 2016. Jalen Wright, seven yards a carry. First in the SEC and best by a Tennessee player, minimum of 100 attempts since Charlie Garner in 1993. He has five 100-yard rushing games, does Jalen Wright, which leads the SEC, and 426 of his 713 rushing yards have come after contact. That's absolutely amazing. Tennessee is the only team in the nation with three or more running backs averaging five-point yards a carry, minimum 50 attempts. Jalen Wright is at seven. Dylan Sampson is at 5.7. And Jabari Small is at 5.6. It's absolutely amazing. Also, Tennessee improved to 7-1 in the game following a loss under Josh Heupel. Vols are also 3-0 against Kentucky under his watch. They've hit the six-win mark prior to November in back-to-back years. UT has not has won 17 of his last 21 games. 17 of 21 games. And still people have something to say. I can't believe it. Yeah, unbelievable. Just a just a superb effort, just a superb effort by Tennessee on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and they did cover the spread. Um 33 of 27, I mean, six points. There was a concern late in the ballgame that, you know, look, if, if, if Dylan Sampson doesn't break that, that run in the backfield and get that first down with about four minutes left, there was a concern that Kentucky was going to get the ball back. And the way that Devin Leary was playing, that's absolutely not what you want to do. But, you know, they had to end up settling for the field goal before that last possession from Tennessee. And, uh... You know, Tennessee was in good shape, running their four-minute offense to end the game. And yes, I absolutely did see how one of Kentucky's players uh, looked like he was absolutely shot and went down with an injury to try and stop what Tennessee was doing. And when you do that, there's a 10-second runoff, and that made it so that Tennessee did not have to run another play and Mark Stoops looked very sad and I don't I don't feel bad. That's karma. All the teams that have that have faked injuries against Tennessee uh just to stop the momentum the momentum that was a really stupid time for that and it cost Kentucky um I mean Tennessee was gonna win the game regardless but Tennessee didn't have to win another play. So uh, old Stoopy should talk to his players about doing uh, that Stoopy stuff that they did. Um, yeah, it was kind of a dad joke. I, you know, I've got a lot of those, but you know, we won't get into those right now. Um, wanted to thank, of course, uh, the 1796 Sports. Um, be sure and follow them at the 1796. Uh, my show is on their page. 
So uh, the 1796sports.com has you covered for not just Tennessee athletics, but the Memphis Grizzlies, the Tennessee Titans, and the Nashville Predators. So be sure and check them out. Uh, At the VFL Show on Twitter slash X uh, and the VFL Show in your search bar when you search for your podcast. Catch me Friday. I'll be back to talk about UConn. Um, there may or may not be a ton to say uh, in that, you know, about that game by then. But Tennessee will be home for homecoming, uh, and there's not that many more opportunities to see the Vols this fall. So uh, it's a great time of year. The calendar will turn to November, uh, and we will talk to you guys on Friday. Everybody, stay safe. Go Vols. See you then.